Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody, another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It is One Man's Opinion. Thank you, thank you, thank you, one and all for downloading, subscribing, commenting, spreading the word to all your friends, relatives, and co-workers about our little pod here. Appreciate you doing that. I am Jeff Manns. You know me from SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. Hear me weekday afternoons, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time, hosting Elite Sports over there. Also part owner and operator, FantasyGuru.com. One-stop shop for all fantasy sports goodness, seasonal fantasy sports, daily fantasy sports, sports betting, tools, data, everything you need. Check us out over there at FantasyGuru.com. And that actually is going to be the topic of today's show, the draft guide. It's out, tra-la, tra-la. The draft guide is out, tra-la, tra-la. We'll do a little dance and uh, promote all the great fantasy football. It's basically fantasy football season. It's June, but if you're going to wait till August, folks, you're going to be really behind because there's a lot to catch up on. It's been the most tumultuous offseason in the history of the National Football League, and that means in the history – of fantasy football as well. You follow me at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Brand new TikTok show coming soon as well. So uh, make sure you're following for that. But I'm not alone today. Finally, you guys get some actual decency on this podcast. You get some people with a working brain and people that aren't just going to rant and rave all show long. It is my crew from fantasyguru.com. We'll, uh, they're collectively the greatest, but individually we'll introduce them. Armando Marsal at uh, Armando Marsal on Twitter as well as here, managing editor and operator of Fantasy Guru. How are you, Armando? I am doing well, Jeff. It's uh, NFL Draft Guy Day. It's my daughter's birthday. Lots of great things happening today. Uh, pumped to be talking some football with you guys today. So much great content we have going on right now. So much to come. Uh, a lot of tools, a lot of things that, uh, you know, new, new concepts that we're, we're bringing in this year. So excited to kind of talk a little bit about that. Uh, and, I mean, it's going to be a hell of a season. It's going to be a hell of a season. It is, man. I, I'm so I cannot remember being this uh, excited if, about a season or anything, especially our workload. Like we're going up by like 500 percent in the workload department. But to be excited about that, you know, we love what we do. Speaking of loving what you do, Tyler Beaker at Tyler Beaker, B-U-E-C-H-E-R on Twitter is here as well. He is our uh, resident genius at FantasyGuru.com. How are you, Tyler? Doing great, doing great. Happy to be here. Uh, we just launched the Fancy Guru Draft Guide, and you were talking about workload. Like I'm usually cool as a cucumber, stress-wise, uh, but these last two weeks leading into the Draft Guide, launching all that all that workload, woo, I'm stressed. Uh, that stress is finally off my shoulders. I feel like uh, having that post-sex cigarette. Uh, feeling really yes. good right now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, this is uncensored, so if, uh, just, if you're listening for the first time, put the kiddies to bed or put your earbuds in. Because I say fuck a lot on this show, and that's the way we get to do it. But the post-coitus cigarette after uh, that. Tyler did the uh, best ball draft guide. It's part of our bigger draft guide, which is just amazing. It's uh, a chance to win $2 million. By the way, Tyler, $2 million on best ball mania three over at uh, Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code ELITE. They are a sponsor of this podcast as well. So make sure you're using that promo code E-L-I-T-E. But, man, that's that, talk about the stress. That $2 million top prize with a million dollar in second place that's got to get you uh 
a little shaky when writing that guide. Yeah, we aren't just writing little 50-word player blurbs. Uh, we're, we're doing some in-depth research here, looking at roster construction, successful win rates, doing a lot of the heavy legwork so that you guys, Fancy Guru subscribers, can uh, get in there and get a good chance at winning that $2 million. $2 million, $2 million to first, $1 million to second, and then $1 million to the regular season point score, highest point score. So lots of money on the table there. Underdog, promo code ELITE. Yeah, and by the way, when... Not if when uh, one of our fancy guru subscribers wins that. Remember to tip your waiters and waitresses uh, on the way out as well. Uh, Russell Clay, he is the uh, what, kid genius. I, I can't call you a kid anymore. Like you're not a, you're not the youngest man that you used to be, Russell Clay. Even though you do have the baby face as well. You did the dynasty guide over at fantasyguru.com. And and Russ, uh, for one, how are you? How's all things? How's traveling the world? You're you're just back from a flight, I know. So appreciate you making time for us yeah i'm great i'm back back in tucson and i have to say i don't quite have the post nut clarity that tyler (laughs) has right now so he has he has a big advantage on on us right now but uh you know doing well and pumped for the draft guide that's for sure we'll get you there over the 60 by the way speaking of dynasty fantasy football um it's one of those things where like it is that's another thing that has exploded best ball has exploded dynasty fantasy football has exploded like these sub forms of you know your your redraft like there's a lot of different elements there as well i know we'll dive into that throughout the course of today's show so a lot to get to everybody appreciate you download this podcast we are going to promote the draft guide a lot but most important the thing guys where i want to start is sort of our calling card every year i sit down and i'm thinking all right what's what's this year going to be about what what is going to be the signature what are the people looking for what are the most important elements like what what's our you know credo for the 2022 nfl season and fantasy football season i mentioned at the start this has been a crazy offseason like it has just been pure madness and trying to keep up with all the free agents like i i say it all the time 10 a new offense coordinators, 16 new or uh, 16 new offensive coordinators, 10 new head coaches, 14 new defensive coordinators, position coaches have changed. There's over 170 notable free agents that have changed teams, right? That's just of note. There's 260 some odd NFL draft picks over the last uh, a couple of months as well. Scheme changes. There's a new schedule out. There's new rules in the National Football League. So, you know, Armando, we'll start with you. What's something this off season that you know took you most by surprise, or, or or either exciting or surprising, or give me your give me one take from this NFL off season? I think it's some of the or plenty of the big names that have moved around, you know, and and the one one of the more notable ones for me uh, is Russell Wilson. Denver was a team I liked a lot last year, and I thought they were a quarterback away from being a contender. Uh, and now they got themselves a, a really good NFL quarterback, someone that I think can carry this team to the next level. Uh, it is a very tough division that, that they're in there. Uh, I think they're going to beat themselves up. But I do like the you know the, the, what he brings to the table for guys like Javante Williams, for guys like Courtney, uh, for Jerry Judy, guys who we've always liked, but they've just never had the quarterback that they can rely on. So I'm very excited for this offense this year to see what this team uh, is going to do because I think it's a very good all-around team. When you look at the trenches, you look at this defense, you look at the offensive line, all very solid all around. Now you got yourself a very good quarterback. So I'm excited to see this entire division play out, uh, but especially the Denver Broncos. 
Love that. Uh, absolutely. Tyler, what uh, stuck out to you this NFL offseason? Yeah, Russell Wilson absolutely shaking things up. Uh, I'll go with the Cleveland Browns, a little bit of a more of an under-the-radar one. Uh, We we talked about this during our free agency fallout roundtable we had over on the site. Uh, Amari Cooper to Cleveland was a little bit of a under-the-radar kind of move, not really like making massive headlines. Um, But when you combine that with the Deshaun Watson trade, like this Cleveland offense is going to look very, very different. They brought in that big-ass contract for David Njoku. Uh, really, really excited to see what Cleveland can do here. Uh, we have no idea what kind of suspension, if there will be one for Watson. So like that's the kind of question mark people are uh, entering drafts with right now. So it makes them kind of fun to target in terms of a team in underdog tournaments where you're really just taking on a lot of risk, but the reward could be worth it if we see a lot of fantasy potential there. Uh, love David Bell as a potential sleeper. A yes. uh, lot, lot, lot of upside there in Cleveland if Deshaun Watson gets to play I don't know, 12 plus games. I'm excited. I'm excited. When you go line by line through the Cleveland Browns, I mean, they're the most talented team in the national football league. And maybe they don't have the absolute, they don't have the Mahomes, you know, guy yet, but you get to Sean Watson. We forget two years ago, this was QB two in fantasy football and a, a player that has won everywhere he's been. Let's, you always look at that. Last team to win a playoff game breakdowns. It's like, the, oh, the Texans won a playoff game two years ago. It's like, it's weird to think of that, but they did. That's because Deshaun Watson is a damn winner. And now you have him behind the best offensive line of football with you know, three deep at running back. You mentioned Amari Cooper and David Bell. And I think Will Fuller lands there as well here eventually. I mean, this team, defensively, they are uh, very strong. Bring it back to David Clowney. Uh, Browns get overlooked a lot. And that's where, if you're right in the Cincinnati Bengals to repeat in the Super Bowl, maybe, but that North, AFC North, is a tough division as well. Russell Clay, what stood out to you this NFL offseason? I think the running back position in fantasy football this year is fascinating because we have these groups of veteran running backs that all came into the NFL together. And because of Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, and a few other guys sort of falling off around that age 25, 26 range, we're seeing a lot of veteran running backs get faded this year. Uh, And I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, So I'm very curious to see how this shakes out this year, because um, when I look at a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, even Saquon McCaffrey, um, Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, You know, because Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell kind of just the air completely went out of the balloon, I think people are kind of running with the idea that running backs don't last beyond 26 anymore. I don't I think history is going to going to shift a little bit and we're going to get some of those veterans sticking around for a few years here. Um, So I'm really curious how that plays out. And 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 some of these values at running back this year, I think, are going to be massive when we look back, uh, you know, in January. The old man value meter for Russell Clay. I dig that as well. For me, one of the, I mean, Armando mentioned it um, with the Broncos, and it's sort of that AFC West. You get Devontae Adams going to Vegas. I, I got to say, I didn't see it coming. It makes perfect sense now that it happened. I didn't really see Tyreek leaving that division, uh, going to Miami, of course, but then they load back up with Juju Smith-Schuster and Marcus Veldes-Scantling. And so the, the Broncos now have a quarterback. The uh, uh, Chiefs have a 
upgraded line. They have more weapons at the wideout. They get Ronald Jones back there as well. They're the damn Chiefs. You've got the Raiders have a, a main weapon for Derek Carr, and then the Chargers get a defense, something they lacked with J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack this offseason. This division, guys, and that's why on the cover of our draft guide, when we had our meetings, like, all right, what do you guys like? And we kind of all picked things and seemed to all go into one funnel. That's that AFC West. These games are going to be pretty electric to watch. And the more, as we know, more competitive. 10 years ago in fantasy football, we used to think, oh, I want to start the guys that play the Jaguars or the Lions, you know, the bottom, nice matchups. Fuck that. I don't want my snatch. I want the diff- the more difficult matchup churns out more fantasy production. The more they have to, the quicker the pace, the more the volume, the higher the score, bing, ding, 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 the pinball effect. And I look at that division, like every game's gonna has the potential at least to be an absolute banger. So, you know, this division, that's why we put Herbert sort of as the lead guy with Javante and Travis Kelsey and Javante Adams, because this division is, is going to be something to watch. So that that was my main takeaway from that. Um, Armando, from that division, you know, one of the things that – give me give me a sleeper. We talked about all the high-end guys. Give me a sleeper from the AFC West. Give me give me somebody that we're not talking about necessarily. Gerald Everett. Uh, Tyler and I oh, talked a little bit about this oh, yesterday. You're talking yeah. Armando just digging up. Oh, I'm going to ease it in. Not yeah. in wow, he, didn't, he didn't even spit on his hand first, folks. He went right in, man. He just went no, right there, There's no need to spit here. We we, we got it. We have it. We're ready. Mid-season form, baby. Mid-season form. It's well mid-season done. form. So I like Gerald Everett. I think he's going to step into a solidified role. Uh, I, I have this team as as the AFC winners uh, this season. I think they're you know very good all around, uh, improved offensive line. Uh, when you look at the defense, they've improved in that department as well. A very, very all-around solid team. One of the best quarterbacks in football as well. You got Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, catch your passes, Austin Eckler. I love the Spiller edition in the draft. I mean, it really solidifies his backfield. And, it, you know, he's going to st- step into a role where Cook last year got a, a decent amount of targets. So um, I think it was about 17 or 18% target share there. Uh, so we're going to see something in that range, I think, for Gerald Everett, who, uh, you know, hasn't lived up to expectations just yet. But I don't think he's been given a fair chance uh, since entering the NFL. Tyler, do you agree with the sentiments? I mean, I kind of know the answer, but when games are more competitive, do you think that gets overlooked a lot by most of the common uh, fantasy football players, you know, home leagues and that, that we we gravitate towards an easy matchup for a player and we shy too much away from a perceived difficult matchup against a tougher team. Do you think we do that too much? I think diving into the DFS landscape has really shifted that view. We see a lot of people targeting high-scoring games. Like you talked about the game totals for these AFC West divisions. They're all going to close at 55-plus points, I think, uh, pretty frequently. So, yeah, I think like uh, as time has progressed, we've started to target these games a little bit more. Like When we're still facing a team like, the Houston Texans run defense, yeah, we're going to load up with the running back against them. But unless we project a shootout with maybe Houston Jacksonville or something like that, generally, no, we're going to be looking for a Kansas City Chiefs, Los Angeles Chargers type of game environment where we're looking for points on both sides to go back and forth for a full 60. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. And as we graduate, so as we evolve the fantasy football landscape, uh, we have daily fantasy sports. We've got best ball. And we mentioned dynasty fantasy sports, like all these different formats. 
But and you start realizing as you play and you draft in these different formats how what you can learn from each one, right? And mm-hmm. I, I talk about like for uh, Dynasty, you learn okay the arcs of players, and you know as Russell Clay just alluded to, and why he's our Dynasty guy. He's like you know don't all about the young players, but these old men are hanging on a little bit longer and have more value. And people are conditioning and everything else. And then in best ball, it teaches us, all right, if you're not a good in-season player or in-season pick waiver wire, if you miss the waiver pickups and, you know, things like that, best ball really helps you sculpt your roster for a low-maintenance roster, a nice build that you can play off of even in the seasonal draft. So, Russell Clay, speak to that a little bit and what you've learned. You know, now it's betting allowed in Arizona for you and I as well. We've got the DFS stuff as well. What have you mm. learned from playing these multiple formats? Well, as a very experienced table tennis better. Um, no, I'm kidding. But uh, Yeah, you know, the way you're describing this, it reminds me a lot of MMA where you have all these clashes of styles like jujitsu, striking, right. wrestling. Um, that's how I've always viewed fantasy football, where you have these different ranges. And, you know, if you look at fantasy football, again, it's just the NFL. But if you get deep into it, there's like so many different avenues you can go down to learn and get better. Uh, specifically for me, the last couple of years with sports betting getting officially legalized and best ball getting like, you know, not having to uh, use VPNs and all that garbage anymore. Yes. Um, it's it's really uh, it's really changed a lot because you get a lot more volume in you know i was always able to get volume in with dynasty and everything but um it's it's a lot easier to just fire 20 25 best ball drafts into the into the puppy uh you know in a couple days instead of you know just looking at adp so i i think it totally shifts um what you can do and that's why this is such a great website shout out to us because we have such a wide variety (laughs) of uh of people kind of all focusing on different things so yeah. Uh, no question about that. I, I love that element of what we do as well. We don't ignore sports betting or DFS or futures betting and, and things of that nature. But Tyler, talk to that. You did the best ball guide for us here. And I, I've been sort of on this kick this whole time. Yes, there's $2 million, but I'll tell you, you know, all right, I'm old. We kind of all see that. And, uh, you know, I'm not, go- I'm not freaking, uh, um, Benjamin Button, like fucking Armando, who every time I look at this dude, he looks younger. <laughs> I, I look like more Buddy Hackett every day. But uh, what, what I'm saying is back in the day of um, – I don't know where the fuck I was going with that one. But either way, <laughs> best ball has been able to uh, allow us to craft our draft a lot better, right? And, and to draft and understand what kind of player we are. And, you know, this is the, the – how many quarterbacks we should be taking how many ideal optimal you know receivers and running backs the roster building exercise because there's a lot of people that love to draft and then they kind of go away from it and where i was going with my old man stuff is i used to have this mock draft central i don't know if you guys are old enough to remember that we used to mock draft and mock draft but then nobody pays attention they draft six rounds and they say fuck it i'm going on auto mock drafts aren't useful anymore best ball format teaches you how to build your team proper mm assignment and what positions you're actually going after and for the lowest amount of downside maintenance and optimized upside but it also helps you learn where the tendencies because we can look at adp all we want but when you're live in it people will go off the board and, and it helps you be prepared for no matter what they throw at you tyler 
Yeah, when the bullets are flying, like to be able to adjust on the fly and make those types of in-draft moves, that, that's so important. Like I remember a decade ago, like every night in August leading up to my like home league drafts, I would be in the mock room lobbies mm. drafting, drafting, drafting. And then sure enough, there was a guy that did like first three rounds and then the fourth round, he did something super bizarre, super weird, threw off the validity of the entire draft. And then his name but, was your mom. Yeah. <laughs> Bingo. Hey. <laughs> And uh, by the time we got to round six, clever. yeah, exactly. And by the time we got to round six, uh, half the draft was just auto drafting. So we, you were drafting against um, a site's uh, sorted ADP. Uh, what mock right. drafts? I, they're just kind of extinct to me in terms of uh, draft per- preparation these days. Given that best ball leagues, like people think best ball leagues alter the format substantially, but it really doesn't in terms of your preparation for your drafts. It really does help. And it's just a few bucks. Like you don't need to throw in a hundred dollars right. per draft. Like you can do like $1, $3 kind of things. Right. Uh, and Absolutely. even just adding a little bit of like um, monetary investment to it adds a, li- a lot more validity to it than the mock drafters that do random things and then sign out. So no. like it really helps you as well with the ADP evolving over the summer. Like guys going in the double digit rounds right now in late May, early June, are not necessarily going to have that same ADP two months from now once we hit OTAs, training camps, and preseason. Uh, So being able to have a good pulse on ADP is also a really huge benefit to doing these best ball drafts. And again, you don't need to do 100 plus of these. You can just do like one every two weeks. And if you space Mm -hmm. it out between now and September, what, you have six drafts going on? Like that's not that many. And for just a few bucks, the practice and the reps you get doing it is just invaluable come time for your home leagues, your work leagues, your high stakes leagues, whatever you're doing. It's just a fantastic preparation. We call it leg day on the elite sports show on Sirius XM. Cause you don't <laughs> skip leg day. I know you want to, I know you want to skip the legs. Everyone wants to, you know, you want to look like Armando and everything, but we got, you got to get, get that nice firm base going before you do anything. I was speaking of Armando, Armando, I was going to ask you uh, but I want to get into this ADP conversation, but real quick, uh, dynasty or best ball. You had to choose one. Um, best ball because it'll allow me to do more uh, volume. But I love both both uh, of these. I just joined I, Dynasty I, League that you're in uh, with Mike Dempsey and Bob Harris. Oh, you, oh my God! I was actually gonna. I was almost. I didn't realize that you're you're in that the diehards league now. Yeah, I inherited um, an awful team. Oh well. Uh, oh, you inherited my team. They gave my team away. No, 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 no. <laughs> my team's actually pretty good in that one. But I will say this. Uh, I was going to give a Mike Dempsey dig here because I constantly do it. We love working with Mike. He'll be part of our Elite Plus podcast package over at FantasyGuru.com. By the way, when you get the draft guide, do the all-in package. Trust me, I'll announce something. We will announce something later on in the show. You want to be a part of it. The all-in package is the way to go. I know it's a little pricier than what you're used to, but I promise we'll pay it off. But, dude, Dempsey is, Dempsey is a fucking maniac with this shit. He... <laughs> I mean, I looked at, like, the draft order. He's got, like, eight drafts of 10 picks. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, he has a trade every two minutes, and he was texting me 6.30 this morning. Dude, I got two two offers on you. Like, it's 6.30 in the morning, bro. Like, holy <laughs> shit. So, good luck, Armando. He God sent me three. He one. sent me three. He sent me three. <laughs> He's insane. He's the one that just is too much. Like, it's gotten to the point. I'm like, how do you have eight picks in the first round? Now it's a sixteen-team league. It's technically thirty-two with doubles of each, but he has eight of. The, he has half the draft. Like what? What the fuck? How do you have the first round? And he has, and a, I think he, and he has a stack team. And he oh, has a stack team. That's because he just he trades. 
nonstop. That, Russell knows exactly what I'm talking about. He's one of those guys that just he wheels and deals to the point that you look up. And it's like, well, he is every he's the Harlem Globetrotters. All of a sudden, you're like, I don't know what we're doing here. But um, let's go back to what Tyler was uh, uh, mentioning about ADP, and I want to get into sort of some of the players that we're targeting. What's the early ADP that surprises you right now, Armando? Like whether it's too high or too low, what player do you look at? Like, oh boy, it, it could be somebody going way too high or somebody going way too low. Um, you know, which whatever it is, which one? You know, what surprises you the most so far? Christian Kirk going in the between ninth and eleventh round is surprising to me. I mean, they gave him pretty uh, a pretty decent contract there. Uh, <laughs> pretty decent, <laughs> twenty five billion. Yeah, yeah. pretty so, decent. I, I think they're going to use him here quite a bit. This is a team that passed a heavy amount last year. I expect them to pass a heavy amount this year. I know there's new coaching staff, but uh, I think the game script is going to call for a lot of passing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they're going to be chasing a lot of points. I'm expecting uh, a big bounce back here for Trevor Lawrence, who I have high expectations for this season. So um, he's someone that I've been uh, kind of uh, investing in in his current ADP. Uh, So right now he's someone that really stands out to me at ADP. I think the contract, I think people are just so like blown away by that contract. They're like, nah, fuck this guy. I'm not going to, I will refuse to draft him because of it. But you're right. He, he, I mean, they paid him to be the number one for an emerging quarterback. I mean, we can't, 11th, 9th, 10th, 11th round. Forget that. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. tremendous value right there. Tyler Beaker, who do you got? Uh, give me a player that uh, early uh, round ADP is shot. Early rounds? Um, no, no, no. It could be anywhere. No, no. I just okay. meant the early ADP, early in this process. All right, I'll give you a middle and a late right. guy. Uh, a middle yes. guy, Sky Moore. Um, Kansas mm. City Chiefs. Lot, lot of uh, optimism there with an ADP of 84. Uh, just don't really see it personally. Like We could see if this guy starts slow. He's got a hamstring injury already in camp. Um, I'm just not buying that. And then a later guy, Mike Jacecki. Kind of like tight end 12 right now. Like I get like why he's priced that way. But then you consider what Jalen Waddle brings to the table, what Tyreek Hill brings to the table, and then Jacecki, he's still in that like short, low ADOT area that operates in, in an overlap with these guys. You can't ignore the fact that this is also uh, a new head coach, Mike McDaniel, who's going to bring some Shanahan-like tendencies, which means slow, run, slow, run, the, run the ball, play slow, and uh, the, the pass percentages, the target share for Jacecki, it just inevitably is going to dip. So just, I think tight end 12 is super lofty and optimistic, I think he should be more in like the tight end 17, 18, 19 range. Good one. Uh, you, you said you had another? Sky Moore. He was the other guy. Oh, Sky Moore. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, I got you. Russ, who, who uh, Russell Clay, who is surprising to you early on? So I mentioned this on the live stream a few weeks ago. I I am going down swinging with the Zeke Elliott ADP right now. I I just can't get over it. I knew that's it. who you were talking about earlier. <laughs> I, I I can't I can't get over it. This guy um you know, maybe Tony Pollard takes a bigger role and maybe you know, there's definitely a possibility Zeke is like done halfway through the year. But, you know, if he starts 17 16 games this year, he's getting 1300 yards and 10 touchdowns. Like he's just going to get that. So because I don't think Tony Pollard's going to replace him and I think he's going to get 275 touches. I'm, I just have to pick him every time he's there. I have like 40% Zeke right now in my, in my underdog. So that that's going to go for better or worse here. Um, But I, yeah, I I'm just going to ride that one out. 
Yeah, I said I I did the running back write up. So I I love our player outlook. By the way, um, each of us took a different position. I did the running backs. When I wrote up Zeke, I said something along the lines of this, and it's a it's a mantra of ours. In in the intro letter that I wrote, I think I hope it comes across. But if you're one of those Tony Pollard who's better than Zeke, you're two years too late. We all know it. Like it, this is something that's kind of been said and done. Like we've all seen mm-hmm. it. But Zeke never's going away, right? I mean, in a certain point, you just see right now they're not going to give it the ball. And Pollard will have a role, but is he just going to overtake? No, it's you're going to have to fucking kill him, like Z- Jerry Jones <laughs> will. You will have to drag Zeke Elliott's body off the fucking ground of that stadium before he goes off the field. And last year, I think proves that. And I- I'm not saying it's the right thing. I'm not saying the Pollard wouldn't perform better, and I think neither would you, Russ, but what we're saying is Zeke's carrying the rock, and that volume is just going to lead to more production for where he's going, right? That's it's a, it's a volume play. Uh, right. I don't think yeah, it's Zeke, not a, was, like, yeah, it's, Zeke was yeah. terrible last year, but then you look up at the end of the year and you're like, oh, RB8, okay, cool, yeah. I'm in. Yep, absolutely. I mean, it's just one of those things, and when you can get that – they're, they're, the idea of a workhorse running back is a fairy tale. I said, put a workhorse running back, Santa Claus, a tooth fairy, and Easter Bunny at a four-way stop. Who gets there first and why? It's like, none of them, because they're all figments of your fucking imagination. They don't exist. There's there's two guys. There's two. There's Najee Harris, and there's Joe Mixon. That's it. That's your list. That's the end of the list. John Taylor. No. Naheem Hines is important. Listen, I like Taylor. I think he's absolutely firm production, but 2,000 total yards again. Now we're going to get a decrease there. 20 touchdowns. We're going to decrease there. He's secure for me, but it's just not not every down. And we have to wrap our minds around that the the running back position has changed probably Mm. forever, right? You're just not going to get guys who are – the goal line back, the short yardage back, the starting back, the between the twenties back, the passing down back doesn't exist. Like it just, these people are just, they, it's not how they're used. And that's why game scripting is going to be a, uh, a major thing as well. So let, let's go to that. Let's go to the number one overall pick right now. Um, is for one, anybody object to Jonathan Taylor as the number one overall? No, no, no. Okay. So we're not, yeah. And I agree. But I, here's something I want to get across to people, because for me at least, and you guys, if disagree, tell me and explain why. I don't think Jonathan Taylor, I think he, there's almost a 0% chance, it's like 5% chance, that he winds up being the true number one fantasy producer. Or he technically wasn't last year as Cooper Cup, but even at running back, he just, it's not going to happen. Because they're a better passing offense, you know, Pierce and Paris Campbell healthy and Michael Pittman, you know, you've got a lot. And Naheem Hines' involvement is a thing, whether we like it or not, different. But he's so secure. We know the offensive line is great. We know he is great. He's going to produce. He's like the safest. And that's something that personally I've been stressing the last couple of years is that safety in the early rounds is really where it's at. Just don't screw up your first and second round pick. And when we get to round six, seven, eight, or let's say rounds five plus, that's where we found Debo Samuel. It's where we find Cooper Cup. It's where where you the bangers, the league winners are found in that little range. Just don't screw it up in the early rounds. That's more or less why 
I, I endorse John the Taylor number one. Uh, Armando, any thoughts to that? Uh, I agree. I mean, when you look at his role, um, Hines is involved. He's going to take away some pass catching opportunities, but we saw last year Taylor's red zone usage is just incredible. 85 red zone attempts last year. The second uh, most in the NFL was Austin Eckler at 46. So uh, almost double there. I think we're going to continue to see that. I think that's where the touchdown upside uh, will continue. will present itself. Um, if, if you're good, I mean, I'm, I'm going to take him cause I do think, and someone asked me this the other day, they were asking about the trade and I, I just, I think right now he offers one of the safest floors in fantasy football. And in the first round, right. if I could get that, I'm okay with that. I, I, I don't need the number one running back as long as I'm going to get consistent production. And I think Taylor will give us that. Um, there's another running back though, that I, I think I, I, if he, I, I want the number two pick because I, I prefer drafting him. I just don't want to do it over Taylor. So, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to that, but there's a running back that no, I, I g- see. Give it to us now. Najee Harris. I don't think he okay. should go past that second pick. I mean, I've been getting him in pick six, pick seven. And, and I talked to Tyler about this yesterday on, uh, uh, or on Tuesday on the roster coach live stream. And I'm like, anytime that Harris is past the fifth pick and I have one of those picks, I get so excited. I, I mean, I think he should be the number two player off the board simply mm. because of of the volume alone. I was very concerned about him as a rookie because of the offensive line. Clearly that role that he had is so significant that those offensive line uh, issues aren't, aren't a thing for him. And, and, and I think that that's going to continue this year. Um, so, I, you know, in his role in the passing game as a rusher, I over 35% of his team's opportunities last year. I can, we could see that again very well this year. So someone I like a lot this season. I, I like it. Uh, let's talk Tyler. Talk about that a little bit. Talk about, why Taylor number one? Do you agree for one? You you like to play the upside and, and everything else as well. Do you still see that for John the Taylor? And then who would you take it to? Yeah, so I still think Taylor is like head and shoulders the smartest decision to make at the 101 selection. More than doubled the next player in number of 100 rushing yard games. We have to go back to Ladanian Tomlinson's 2006 season to mm-hmm. see a guy with more rushing touchdowns in a wow. single season as well. Uh, just massive, massive game. Uh, I love the Colts over nine and a half wins. I love the Colts winning the AFC South. Uh, just see a lot of positive game script for him to pile things on. Uh, the receiving a- aspect does kind of water um, the the floor. Like, Upside I, or the ceiling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think there's some like question marks there that are valid. Um, but this guy, number one among all running backs in top five weeks, top 12 weeks, top 24 weeks. Really, really high floor, really, really high ceiling. So, yeah, I think if you're doing 100 best ball drafts, maybe in some tournaments, it's okay to get a little funky. Uh, Armando and I were talking about that, getting weird a little bit in some of our drafts. Maybe you do like 5 to 10 with Cooper Cup, uh, a couple um, Mm. mixing things up with some other players as well, just to get different. Uh, But if you're in a handful of drafts playing with friends and family or at uh, your work colleagues, or even in high stakes leagues, I still think Taylor number one makes the most sense given what he offers on a week to week basis. Uh, Najee Harris pivoting to that conversation. Dude, he, he led all running backs in receptions last year. That was with the, uh, the arm quote unquote, I'm putting that in quotes arm of Ben Roethlisberger, uh, who, who has all but out the door and ready for vacation. Um, I do doubt if that trend continues i think we could see him more as like a maybe a top six finish in receptions uh, but i think that reception heavy production from naji really really helped carry him and carry his floor and ceiling combination as well uh, so i do think that's something that i'm questioning entering 2022 uh curious to see what you guys have to think on that i like naji uh but i think so 
10 touchdowns last year. I think there's progression out of him in the touchdown department, even though there's regression in the receptions department, just as I think Eckler and Taylor will regress in the touchdown department. Like I know the red zone usage is high for Taylor, but they don't have to doesn't, it got them in a lot of trouble at times last year, um, you know, with being so one dimensional because they didn't trust Carson Wentz after that Tennessee game to throw the ball when they got down close, they really didn't. So that that's my reason. I like Najee, but again, volume play. I will take volume over uh, talent almost, almost every single time. I just will. So I, Najee there. What about you, Russell Clay? What do you think? At, uh, what about well, I, I'm going to answer this question with a question here and try yes. to get some info out of Tyler. I, I love Najee. Uh, he's actually went in, in my latest best ball. He went 111, and that's going to lead into a question Ooh. about best ball verse. Wow. So when we're talking about floor versus ceiling, with these sort of picks, understandably in a best ball, you want the guy who's going to have those huge spike weeks. But Tyler, is there value to having a guy who's 12 to 15 every week, especially during bye weeks? Or is that just something like, because I see a lot of wide receivers going early this year um, over some of these more, you know, the Najis, the Nick Chubbs. Nick Chubb notoriously known as like the high floor, low ceiling fantasy asset. So with a guy like Nick Chubb, who's going to get you, you know, 15 points a game when he's healthy. I mean, how are we thinking about this for best ball? That's a great question. Uh, I think it all is context dependent on the current construction of your team and where you are in your draft, uh, depending on like the round. So like the middle rounds, I think it's fine targeting guys that offer high floors versus high ceilings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the initial guys in like the early opening rounds, they should ideally have a mix, a mixture of both. Um, Chubb is a guy that his floor is shaky for sure. Whenever he's not getting that rushing touchdowns, like a 16 carry 80 yard game gives him eight points without a single reception. Like that's not really going to win you any weeks. So he's not really a guy I'm targeting uh, in a full PPR format, but in a half PPR format or standard. Sure. That's when you can make those type of pivots. Um, So yeah, I think it really depends on your build as well. Like, are you looking for that guy? Like if Chubb is your first running back selected, you probably need another running back with high draft capital drafted closely next to him after him um, just to make up for those weeks. Yeah. It matters the, uh, the form obviously, because I I will take the 12 to 15s in a head to head format and build my whole team of that. Just because the way to win, I always, I talk about this a lot. We, you know, after week one, I have a great team. After week four, I have a great team. After week eight, I have a great team. It, none of it fucking matters. What we know matters in in home leagues or most leagues. Win that fucking final week. Get to week mm-hmm. 17 and win that week. That's all. Everything else is just us pulling our dicks. Nothing else matters. Get to that point. I don't give a fuck what my regular season record is as long as I get to the playoffs. And that's consistent, solid approach pointed right at that championship week where that's where my fucking target is. And boom, that's when I want my, my team. But in a best ball format or even leagues, high stakes overall championships and things like that. All right. Now those peak weeks really mean, you know, a lot more. So, right. I mean, I think it depends on number one, what type of league you're playing. And then also, and and I get ripped on, I got somebody, you know, the high stakes player. Fuck you. I spent $5,000 a year playing this shit, but it's never my goal to win the overall. It just isn't. And I know I should, 
maybe, but I don't, I'm not much of a dreamer. I like things that I know. <laughs> and I've won several NFFC championships, FFPC league championships. I've never placed, I, I did place an overall one time at 08, 08 or 09 in the NFFC back. I don't even know what they were calling it back then. It was a fan ball championship back then. That's what it was. Um, only time, and I got a minimal payout for that. But otherwise, I just want to win my league. That's my goal in those leagues. If you're going for the overall, though, then fucking balls out. Make make every pick with that upside. You know, now best ball, absolutely. I was gonna. I didn't get to the player. I'm I my Marquise Hollywood. What's your dream Brown? Like, mm. holy shit, is he going high? And again, he's going high because most leagues are best ball right now. I don't want this fucking guy in a home league. Like, if he's my wide receiver four, fine. I don't think he's going to be much without DeAndre Hopkins. He's not a possession guy. I know it went that way in Baltimore. But it's, when you say Kyler Murray, go look at Oklahoma. These two just aired it out. 40-yard, 40-yard, 80-yard pass. That's all they did it's going to be hit and miss for him. So there's monster weeks in a best ball format. Oh yeah. But like, as far as like starting him every week, it would give me the willies anyway. Um, so yeah, there, there we go. Speaking of which, so I've said this a lot as well, and you guys need to either confirm or call me a bold faced liar. I've told people that there was a moment we had with one of our meetings uh, for the draft guide over at fantasyguru.com, And you know, it just, I was in a mood that day and I started, and I, next thing I knew, I went on a 20 minute rant. You guys are like, what the this fucking guy's losing his mind. But my, my overwhelming thing, and I, that's what I tried to convey into our intro message is that I'm sick of playing the middle. I don't want anything to do with that because I don't think it wins. I, I don't want, that's why I hate the projectionists. I don't mind if you're going to, it's no sense in projecting anything unless you're going to take an aggressive approach at it you know what i mean i i just there are going to be clearly defined winning players players that win you leagues and championships and then there's others that won't and try and and i don't subscribe to the mentality of oh we'll just get x amount of you know i'll do a lot more leagues i'll get shares of all of them and when one pans out i'll show that screenshot to everybody hi I won one. You know, I don't like that. I want to make bold calls. And so, you know, put put it there. And the two situations I point, you guys, by the way, do you remember that? Armando, did I say that or did I not? Yes, yes, you did. You did. I remember that. One through 10, how uncomfortable was that conversation, Russell? (laughs) (laughs) Not very. Oh, God. You guys are used to Tyler. Yeah, I'm used to it. We're used to you now. Yeah, we're used <laughs> to it. Fair enough. fair enough. I'm just like, and I'm next thing I, I'm yelling at my desk, and I'm like, oh, I'm on the phone. I, I don't even know I'm on the phone. I think I'm either on the radio or on in my own head. But um, so so that's the thing. In two situations specifically that I talk about, and that's Green Bay and Kansas City. No Devontae Adams, no Tyree Kill leaves a pretty gaping hole. But they bring in a wealth of other options. So. I want us to make some bold calls here. And Armando, I'll start with you. You can take either give me one of the, either one of those teams. Give me one receiver from either the Packers or the Chiefs that can win you a fantasy football championship in twenty. I'll give you one from each. If you if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, man. All right. Absolutely. So uh for Kansas City, 
I'm going to go with Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, I think he can bounce back here very nicely. I think he's going to be a good possession receiver for Patrick Mahomes. He's also capable of going down deep. So I, I think his his versatility is going to uh, come very handy here for Patrick Mahomes. So I think he's someone that is kind of going overlooked. We know, uh, you know, Hardman's already dealing with, with some issues. Uh, so I, I think he's going to get plenty of reps here. And then one guy I, I have, I like a lot is Romeo Dobbs. Uh, for Green Bay, I I yeah. think this this young man has a, a potential to carve out a significant role right off the bat here uh, for Green Bay. Uh, someone I'm taking very late in in drafts right now, uh, and will probably continue doing so. I don't see his ADP moving all that much. I thought you were going to uh, say Ronald Jones, your favorite. No, he's not a receiver. It's so I, funny. We had this conversation like, yesterday, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. The lives, but the thing about Ronald Jones, he, he is so fucking bad. Both both of them. Edwards Alaire and Ronald Jones have yeah. to be one of the worst like, backfields, uh, at least uh, by the metrics that it, that it has ever been, for a good team at least. Like It's just weird. One of them will produce, I wouldn't doubt. But that, Tyler, what do you think? Give me a, a Kansas City and or Green Bay receiver that you're looking at. I am a massive advocate for elite tight end. And when you consider that 62.2% of the Chiefs' air yards, 56.6% of the team's targets are vacated this offseason, uh, I think Mahomes is going to go to the guy he trusts. And uh, if I can get Kelsey in round two, hell yeah. I'm taking that at the bank every single time. But, but Tyler, Tyler, Patrick Mahomes says to the newspaper, man, that he's going to spread the ball around and everybody's going to be equal and, and sunny and rainbows and everything like that. Why, why wouldn't he just give everybody an equal opportunity? He's not going to do that. He's going to go. When the money's yes. on the line, he's going to go to the yes. guy he trusts. Travis Kelsey, 1,000 yards, six straight seasons, double-digit touchdowns, four, mm. three of the last four. Yeah, man. <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Uh, everyone else can play their guessing game with the receivers. No, I'm out. Kelsey in round two. Kyle Pitts round four. Tyler Beaker. Oof. Kelsey round two. I mean, like yeah. Pitt, Pitts is an ascending talent for sure. Uh, second most uh, receiving yards of all rookie tight ends. Third most receptions of all rookie tight ends. One touchdown last year. So he is a massive candidate to regress there positively and score some more points. But... This is Travis Kelsey we're talking about, a guy that has literally held the number one tight end position for, what, four of the last five years? This dude is just phenomenal. I'm, I'm sticking with the known product, the known entity. That's yeah, grass-fed for- ribeye right there if you uh, check out my tier. Uh, yes. my, tier <laughs> my tight end tiers, baby. That's it. grass-fed I ribeye. I, I love that um, so much. By the way, Kyle Pitts scored zero touchdowns in the United States last year. Zero. Mm. <laughs> that's a fun stat. That's, gonna be a trivia that's, one. that's the stat that you get. That's what you get over at FG, baby. That's how we roll. Um, but, yeah, that's a tough one for me. Honestly, I, everything you said about Kelsey, I've been an advocate for him the last couple of years because the advantage, I love Pitts so much, so much. And that discount may be enough for me. But, Russell Clay, what do you think between those two? I I actually uh, wrote about Mahomes um, for for the write ups, and I think this is the first time he's had a true slot receiver in Juju Smith-Schuster. He's always had Tyreek Hill. He's always had, always had Kelsey, but I think Juju is is a hundred catch candidate in this offense, and I think. If he stays healthy for 17 games, I, I actually think it, it's going to be pretty pretty easy to get into the, the 80 to 100 catch range for him. Um, I just don't see any real competition. I, I know people love Sky more. 
Um, but I don't necessarily think he's going to be in competition with him for for those targets. So I, I think I think Juju is going to smooth sail into a wide receiver two, maybe even a you know high end wide receiver two season. They, uh, I will go on Mecole Hardman Island. Uh, it's not a great island. It's not my favorite island to be on. But I, I kind of, I think Juju will be. I have Juju. People ask me, Juju's ahead of Hardman the ranking, and there's no doubt. I think Juju's a much safer, secure. Right. I love the idea about slot. Playing him in the slot gives an advantage there. It was where Juju actually was best in Pittsburgh. But there's that role. There's that break out roll that that whole you know Mahomes is running around and you got the little pip squeak out there running around with them that Tyreek made so many big plays I just think that I just cannot stop thinking that's going to be Nicole Hardman the guy he trusts mm-hmm. or has seen at least now we'll see and Hardman's made big plays for them not a lot but in big situations AFC championship games Super Bowl that kind of thing so it'll be interesting to see I, I'm going to go on Nicole Hardman especially where he's going Right now, out of Green Bay, that's that's the most interesting one. Fade. Is it? Is it? What would it take? Uh, as far as tell us in terms of stake, Armando, uh, for you to draft Sammy Watkins. Oh my God, this is deli meat, deli meat. <laughs> We're going deli, deli meat, guys. We're hey, going you straight to the deli, deli meat. meat. I had a deli, I had a ham sandwich from the deli today. It was absolutely honey <laughs> smoked ham. It was beautiful. No, I, I can't. I, I can't that, do it. That, that ship has sailed for me. Wow. Well, Somebody has to be Devonte Adams esque. They have to be right because like Watson is MBS. It's almost too perfect. The downfield, the long ball, it just fits too perfectly. That leaves Lazard, Watkins, and Dubs. So I mean, if it's Dubs, I know Armando's a Dubs, and I get with that because um, he profiles as does Watkins. Like Watkins and Devonte Adams, almost the same body. You know? I, I would argue the Packers passing offense fading them is the right play and just assuming Rogers kind of gets back to that pre Devonte Adams apex where he's throwing like 20 Ooh. touchdowns and and two Ooh. interceptions and they they run with Dylan Moore and and use Jones in the passing game I think I think Aaron Jones is the guy in that offense that might benefit most so um, that's and I I am drafting Sammy Watkins late so you know fuck me but I'll be that now guy yeah. That is that is fantastic. The uh, yeah, I I mean, I'm not. I don't. I will draft Sammy Watkins. It's not something I'm endorsing. If I fall into it and I need that upside miracle for three weeks, you know, two to three weeks, maybe just the first week, like you did a couple years ago, I'll do it. But I think Aaron Jones is the guy. Is anybody like that's a running back that's just? I feel like people are forgetting that he exists in the world, mostly because we're excited about AJ Dillon's role. I love round two of drafts. I want to try to get in this as many auction drafts as I can because round two is loaded with players I want to target. Aaron Jones yes. being one of those guys. Uh, number two on the Packers and targets last year. Number two in receptions. Uh, we've seen some phenomenal splits. It's Granted, it's been on a very few games uh, over the past five years with Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. In games where Devontae Adams doesn't play, Aaron Jones averaging 22.9 PPR points per game. Uh, that's an eight-game sample, oh, so it's not a lot. Aaron Jones could be that red zone check down guy. Maybe it's Bob Tunyon. Maybe we see him with another double digit season again. Mm. Uh, I'm kind of with you guys in terms of with Russ in terms of fading the entire Packers receiving core. Uh, I referenced uh, Sammy Watkins as a cardboard cutout in our draft guide. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, I'm not pulling punches there. (laughs) 
Awesome. <laughs> now the cardboard, it depends. Just don't get it wet. He'll be fine. Um, all right. How about this? Players that we're all in on for this year. Um, you know, bold statements, but a player that just, if he's there and when he's there, you're you're going 100% and you don't need to diversify from. Somebody mm-hmm. that just is all the way, you know, and give me like, not, not the first couple rounds. Let's make like ADP of over 36, you know, a little, little, little bit later, but somebody that will be readily available to us throughout the drafts. Armando, who do you got? Who's a guy you're all in on? Um, Allen Robinson. Uh, I really love the situation for him. I love this move to, to, to the Rams. I, I think this, we, we all know this is the best quarterback he's played throughout his career. Very talented. Uh, we saw Bobby Woods early on last year uh, with a nice role there uh, for the, the, the Rams. So I'm expecting Allen Robinson to step in a significant role. Um, mm-hmm. Someone that is going to benefit immensely from this good offense and the good quarterback play here. So someone I, I I've been, we, we, you talked a little bit earlier about getting your guys. I don't mind taking them around uh, or, or maybe around and a half earlier than I need to. And someone I've been uh, kind of drafting in these best ball leagues. I, I like them in all formats though. Really do like them in all formats. I think he's going to be a consistent producer for this Rams offense. Uh, Russell Clay, who are you all in on this year? So uh, my boy, Pat Fryermuth, uh, good or bad, oh. rain, wind, snow, I'm drafting him um, in that. What about you sleet? Know, what about one, sleet? Yeah. I need to know about <laughs> Maybe sleet. Maybe not sleet. Yeah, I'll okay. fall and hit my head. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I loved the profile last year. And again, last year he was not in a position to be fantasy relevant. And he threw Eric Ebron in a locker really quickly. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think that's going to continue – um, to happen, I think he could, you know, get into that seven, eight hundred receiving yard range, and then at that ADP, you know, that's that's a, a pretty nice value there. And you know, uh, we talk about hedging and not. I don't hedge at all in dynasty. I always just pick uh, who I think is BPA every time. And Trevor Lawrence, year two, Doug Peterson, Travis Etienne, let's go, baby! Come on. Yeah. Got to Trevor Lawrence. I mean, for the love that we had for him last year, it's unbelievable how down folks are on him. And yeah, I mean, we can blame Urban yeah. Meyer the whole rookie season. I don't give a shit about the rookie season. It's always the year two jump is what I want to get in on at the quarterback position. So yeah. it has to be better. And they brought in weapons and they got, they re-signed Cam Robinson and bring in, uh, um, uh, blanking on the, uh, what was it? The kid from, the Jacksonville brought in on the interior. Brandon Scherf. Oh, they brought in, uh, uh, yeah, uh, from Washington. Whatever the fuck his one, name is. One thing I'll throw out there, and it's something we're starting to see with the training camp. So Zay Jones is actually a really good fit for what Trevor Lawrence does historically, especially at Clemson. He's not obviously the talent of T. Higgins, but he does fit that archetype. And I do believe that... Uh, he was going in the 200s in best ball drafts, and now I'm seeing him start to go in the 190s, and I think it's going to get even higher. There's no, you know, they have Kirk, but beyond that, I, I think we're we're looking at maybe a Zay Jones wide receiver three, wide receiver four season there. Is it bad that I want Devonta Adams to be the Zay Jones of 2022 in <laughs> Las Vegas? Like Zay was Carr's guy. Like yeah. that was my DFS just. Just grinder, minimum price. They never raised him. He kept producing. Like I'm like, wow, 
Now I'll take this uh, every damn time, but Tyler, who are you all in on in 2022? All in on Lamar Jackson. Uh, just cannot Ooh. get enough of these mobile quarterbacks. Uh, he's currently going off the board as a round five selection. I think he's QB five and ADP right now. Um, but this guy, first three years in the league, number one in fantasy points for dropback each of those years. This past year, he was number seven. A fantastic stat to be a leader in. Uh, he did lose Marquise Brown, which does sting. But Marquise Brown wasn't really stretching the field vertically. His ADOT was uh, really, really low. He was being used as more of a short guy trying to get that yak going. Uh, I don't really think they miss a beat without him, truthfully. Uh, and I'm just really hoping we see some of that faster-paced, more pass-heavy offense that we saw with Tyler Huntley to close out the year translate once again over to Lamar, and we don't just see the slow-paced, run-heavy offense that we've typically seen from Baltimore. Uh, if that happens, we could see Lamar Jackson putting up another MVP-type season. Mm. Uh, b- by the way, Baltimore Ravens just so... For everyone who wants to discount them, they missed playoffs basically by one game. They were eight and four. Uh, Lamar goes down, and then he missed those final. They lost the final six games, six of their final seven games, um, or uh, yeah, five of their final six games by a total of eight points. The total they were all nail biters. They were all nail biters too. Yeah, they were fun mm-hmm. to watch. Unbelievable. And that was without Lamar Jackson. That was without Ronnie Stanley. That was without any running backs. And yeah. so again, like that's the, where I caution Bengals fans and, and people. It's like, man, I love what Cincinnati did. Love that offensive line. Absolutely. But my goodness, the Browns are a lot better, especially when Watson is there and the Ravens cannot be discounted. They had a hell of a draft there as well. Remind me, I got to go back to deep sleepers. Cause I got one based off what Tyler said. Um, But how about, uh, I'll say a player that I'm all in on. And I, you know, I'm going to say, are we underestimating Josh Jacobs? I mean, are we just writing him off? We we know that I, it's like, oh, they didn't pick up his fifth year option. Yeah, boner alert. Yeah, (laughs) he's playing for a contract. Give me a running back. But playing for his second contract, and that's something I'm interested in 100 out of 100 times. Like, I'm all the way in. Zamir White? Yeah, okay. Absolutely. But I think this offense is going to be good. We know that AFC West, as is on our cover of the draft guide, fantasyguru.com, is going to be lights out. Tons of scoring there. It's not all going to be touchdowns from Devonta Adams and or Darren Waller. This is a guy who was he running back 12 last year, and he scored four touchdowns. And only played 15 games. Okay, and he's playing for a contract behind an upgraded line with that kind of addition in the uh, in the passing game in Devonta Adams that will keep people out of the players out of the box. I think for where he's going, I'm, if he's if I can go running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, and the pick up Jacobs in the fourth, I'm totally fine with that kind of build. So I'm in on him. Um, and then the player I'm out on, and I just. I will go to my deathbed. Cordero Patterson. You, <laughs> I would rather have my cock slapped or slammed into a dresser drawer than to even consider that motherfucker in a fantasy football league. Like this guy is God awful at that position. And he did well early in this. He had massive touchdown numbers for a good stretch. And then he was, it was the receiver when Ridley went out. They initially used him as a receiver. I, by the way, can we just talk about something? Can we talk about why is Cordero Patterson a running back and Debo Samuel's not? Why? 
Uh, you know, Patterson played way less running back than Debo played last year, two years ago. Mm. Pa- Patterson played a lot more before picking up running back eligibility. Hey, fuck faces. We should have Yahoo wants to give everybody in fantasy baseball, every position eligibility will give Debo running back eligibility. You know, I mean, it's just bull. The whole thing is he's a fucking novelty. He's a fucking novelty act where he just got running back eligibility. Cause he's a, you know, everyone thought it was, you know, fluff and fun and oh, yeah. what he's doing. He was effective. And I was wrong last year. No question about it, but my God, no way, no chance that I would consider him. I have him at RB 52 and that feels dirty to me. People, I got customer service email. Where's Cordero Patterson. I know you don't like him. He's 52nd. Cause I'd rather have almost all the backups <laughs> in the league than to be stuck with a guy who's can't run. He doesn't run. He's long striding guy. That's trying to be, play a running. It's the worst thing you can do. I it's my Bobby Rutherford thing. My old running back when I was playing Falcon football and pop Warner, I need a little guy where those legs go and they get shipped. That's what running backs are. They're not long winded gazelles who are great kick returners. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> Any thoughts on uh, either Patterson or Jacobs? Does anybody have thoughts on? Uh, I mean, am I wrong on Jacobs? I, I think. I, I mean, I think where he's going. I think Tyler mentioned this uh, to me not too long ago, where there's a group of running backs where he's kind of the, the last one being taken. Uh, you know, and this offense hasn't proved. I think there's going to be more scoring uh, opportunities for him. Last year, he was uh, 11th amongst flex positions in uh, teams' opportunities. You know, 32 percent of the Raiders opportunities. I think we're going to see that kind of volume for him again. Uh, and I think they're, they're going to be in more scoring positions than they were last year, s- simply because uh, of the addition of Adam. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think he's perfectly fine. As far as Patterson's concerned, I, I'm right there with you. I, I actually tweeted something out when he was auto picked and uh, for me and one of my best ball drafts was not happy about it, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> if I could delete that team and start over, I definitely would. Yes. Anything with uh, uh, Tyler? Anything with Jacobs or Patterson? Uh, I'll I'll bet for Patterson a little bit here. Uh, eleven hundred total yards, eleven touchdowns. Like uh, you don't know when these weeks are going to occur. Uh, we saw the tail end of last season specifically be absolutely disastrous. Anybody that picked him up as a free agent and leaned on him in the playoffs or even to get into the playoffs was uh, sure. left holding the bag. Uh, so I like targeting him solely in the best ball format where we don't need to worry about that. We just get those touchdown weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a long strider, but get him out on some jet sweeps, some off-tackle runs. Uh, they've got Damian Williams, a 30-year-old running back. Tyler Algier, a former— Patterson's yeah. 31! Yeah, I know, right? I'm just he's saying the depth chart is garbage. I'm sitting like a falcon, like ready to pounce on a field mouse on this argument because I'm like, he's also 31 years old. Like Patterson's—if if it was—like Melvin Gordon, I'm like, come on, guys. Like, we're really going to do this? I know they did well. But we also know that 29, 30, 31-year-old backs, that's yeah. not a good – right? not everybody's – you know, there's one Frank Gore. All right, one uh, guy, Peterson, was productive. But very rare I want to be invested in one of those old codgers at that – once they get to that age. I did draft – Patterson dropped like 40 spots below his ADP the other day, and I did pick him. You know what it felt like? You know in the grocery store when they, they got the pastries that are like 50% off at the end of the day? Yes, the dirt. And yeah. you're like, oh, yes. these donuts look a little uh, a little. You aged, shop at Fry's, but- don't you? Yeah. 
Yes, I know exactly. Dude, it's it's uh, that is an Arizona grocery chain, and they do that. The fr- the pastries are there. I, I've only recently been going to the grocery store too. I used to never go to the grocery, and I've been going a couple times lately. And yeah, they have them. I'm like, ooh, I, you're like Jeff, fat guy, likey. Yeah, I shouldn't yeah. eat that, but you know, right. it's two dollars. So they're right. That's where yes. I, I tell my wife I got to go take a shit, and then I just buy the pastries and go out behind the dumpster and stuff my stupid face. I just just devour them. Um, get the, uh, by the uh, let's go. Let's get to deep sleepers and like super super deep. I want to give a super deep sleeper, and it's goes off the Lamar Jackson thing. Devin Duvernay. Let's talk about this. Rashad yes. Bateman's getting everything. And I love Rashad Bateman. Liked him coming out of Minnesota as well. Um, really liked him. But this offense, I don't know. It, I, the volume's not going to be there, especially with a healthy Lamar. And, and you know, bigger target. I, I like all that. It feels like Duvernay is the real heir apparent to Marquise Brown and you know the way Marquise Brown was used last year now granted a ton of targets and receptions which is not his game he was much better as he was two years ago as that super downfield stretch the defense type stuff when you're pounding the rock and um, but Duvernay led uh, college football in receptions two years ago at at Texas right he's a true Mm -hmm. quick twitch get open right away type of guy underneath that just feels like that's the role Marquise Brown was playing. And I kind of think that's where a good share of those targets are going to wind up for this Baltimore offense. I think Bateman's still the alpha. He's still the one, but I'm interested in Duvernay. He also has long speed four four something four four two four four four, you know, speed a couple of years ago that can, he he can also be a big downfield threat too. So Devin Duvernay is somebody that I want to watch and, I'll I'll draft super late as well. Um, taking a shot on Armando. Got any super round ten, round twelve type sleepers? Yes, I got someone that's currently going. Uh, he has an ADP of two hundred and fifteen uh, in best ball, and that's Terrace Marshall. I I, I think this kid uh, could be a late round steal. Uh, I like what I saw from him last year. Uh, I think he's going to be utilized. Uh, you, you know, much more. I, I've never been a Robbie Anderson guy, uh, you know, and I, you know, he disappointed a ton of people last year. I was actually on him for the first time last year. Was Robbie? Right Go ahead. By the way, I'm going to interrupt. Did you guys see that Robbie Anderson changed his name? No. The spelling no. of his name? He spelled no. it. He, he wants it IE instead of Y now. Oh, what a legend. It's what a fucking, dick. He's a fucking maniac. Like this is fucking up data sources across the world right now. By the way, if you go and look at ADP and stuff, and you see no Robbie Anderson because he changed his name, oh, they don't want him. So it's like we have to call him something different, or we have to change. It's not. This was not an easy fix. That motherfucker. Wow. It was unbelievable. Yeah, true story. Really, wow. Did. It's Robbie crazy. Anderson probably never plays in the NFL if it's an IE. You know that why changes a lot of things. Way. Who's dra- who was drafting a guy like that? But anyway, sorry, Armando. But <laughs> no, no. So, so just- I, I look. Marshall dealt with injuries and stuff, and but early in the season, he looked, you know, pretty decent in this offense. I, I think he'll take a step forward this year. Um, I, I like him here. 
uh, especially at, at, the, at the price. I mean, 215, you're, you're pretty much swinging for upside, kind of what you're doing with Duvernay there. I'm doing the same here with Marshall. I like it. By the way, uh, I don't know what you're talking about because Terrace Marshall, not like, you know, he has any kind of pedigree. It's not like he stole huge targets and touchdowns from Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson at, and from Joe Burrow at LSU. I mean, you want to mm-hmm. talk about like, that's all you need to know is that that dude Burrow trusted that dude in some monster situations yep. in national championship football. With Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase on the board or on the field, like holy shit, like that—that that, that's a pedigree. That's a guy that I completely concur with. Uh, I'm I'm all about that. But uh, anyway, uh, Tyler, deep sleeper for you. Uh, I'll give you a pair. Uh, one a veteran, one a rookie. Uh, the veteran being Tim Patrick. Anybody who's done any waiver wire articles, Armando and I were joking about this, uh, knows exactly all about how valuable Tim Patrick is uh, Mm -hmm. over his last two years. In half of those games, he's put up double-digit fantasy points. He is one Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton injury away from a phenomenal spot in a Denver offense that's ascending. Really, really like him now at wide receiver 55 costs. Super, super cheap. And then the other guy on another offense that's very barren of targets, we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, Alec Pierce with the Colts think he is a guy in for a runway and a uh, high floor guy that probably builds on his production as the year progresses, a guy that you kind of want to target in best ball drafts. Uh, Maybe you go for some older veterans to begin your draft in the anticipation of Pierce taking over in their places later as the year progresses. So those are the two guys I'm interested in. Love it. Russell Clay, deep sleeper. So this probably isn't a season long guy, but I think Josh Palmer has immense injury upside to like, it's like, he's not going to score a lot of points with Allen and Mike Williams healthy. But if either of those guys go down, I'm just buying everything, Justin Herbert. And if he's the second or third receiver, um, he showed last year he kind of has potential to play a full plate of snaps and get some red zone targets. They drafted him in the third round and he looked pretty good last year. So that's a guy I'm at least putting on the watch list for season long and ready to pick him up. And then in best ball, taking shots in round what 15 or whatever. And then, uh, you know, I, I'm drafting Noah Fant quite a bit now, and it's not because I like the situation. It's actually awful, but he's a very talented player, and I think he's going to be one of those guys that maybe doesn't quite belong on the waiver wire or where he's being drafted now because everyone, it's like the uh, the ghost town in the cowboy movie. It's like everyone's gone. Everyone's cleared out, and I, I still believe in the talent there. I dig uh I dig that. By the way, there's there are some uh real good back like uh wide receivers that that are one injury away, like Tyler had mentioned, and I think Armando hit on one with Marshall and Russell hit on the other one with Josh Palmer. I mean, I, I was a Van Jefferson guy. I mm. still am a Van Jefferson guy. I know they signed uh um Allen Robinson. So he'll need another injury there, but there's some real quality, you know, just sort of lingering around in, in different places that all you need is to get an opportunity. And, uh, and the sky is sort of the limit there. So I'm, I'm digging those situations as well. Um, what I want to get back to the draft guide real quick. Oh, by the way, don't forget my guy, Mike Strahan in Indianapolis, another guy that, uh, if you mm. want super, if you just want crazy deep, like, 
basically reckless deep. <laughs> there you go. Sean out of Charleston is the, the guy there. I want to get back to the draft guide real quick over at fantasyguru.com. And we've got so many new things that we are doing. And probably the best new thing that we're doing is something that we're calling fantasy football training camp. It's a going to be a live events that will be about a 48 hour event all told it's happening on august 19th friday august 19th into the weekend where each of us are going to have a prominent role where we're going to give little seminars and coffee talks and speeches and q a's and live you know interactive uh, uh speeches and things like that to teach fantasy football we're going to talk dynasty we'll talk best ball we'll talk draft We'll talk about player evaluation. You know, I'll be drawing. I'll have my chalkboard up with X's and O's uh, like I'm Vince fucking Lombardi or something. You know, uh, I'll be spinning that. Um, but it's going to be a great event. And it's uh, all for uh, all of our subscribers at FantasyGuru.com. You have to have the all-in package, though, in order to get that. So with that event, we're going to have a little poker game that you guys could come mm. and try to whoop up on us in the evening of that day as well. But also... That event gives you a ticket into the first ever, the inaugural, if you will, Elite Mafia Fantasy Football Championship. We're calling it the EMFFC and multi-league event. We will set up draft times and dates and you'll draft in all sorts of league. It's all random draw. There'll be a Jeff Vance league, a Russell Clay league, a Tyler Beaker league, an Armando Marsal league, you know, everybody like that. And um, there'll be an overall prize and individual prizes for your league wins but you get to compete against all of us and each other in the elite mafia and i'm really pumped up and excited about this event and uh i just wanted to get that out there it's oh it's there's a fee for the event but again if you're part of the all-in package it's free for you so it's part of that all-in package it's 99.99 it's one time it's for the entire year and it encompasses everything that we do so i Strongly recommend it, but guys, I'm pretty pumped up about this. Oh yeah, uh, me too. We we talked about it the other day, and this is going to be fun. This is an entire day uh, filled with uh, again content. You mentioned we're going to have se- uh, seminars, and at the end of the day, we get to kick it back with a poker game. We used to have these, uh, yeah. you know, uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, when COVID first started, we used to have these. These, these were fun. We had subscribers uh, involved as well. So, and then. To top it off, an interactive league with us, uh, uh, that should be fun as well. So I'm really looking forward to this. It's uh, a unique uh, you know, piece of content that we're offering, which is going to be uh, a ton of fun, in my opinion. Yeah, and even you know, even before we became content people, we loved fantasy football. And you know, when Jeff brought this idea, it was like, oh, yeah, I love this. Like, I love fantasy football, and I, I love these sort of things um, just in general. Uh, so, yeah, this is going to be super fun. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Like, we've been doing these best ball contests with subscribers. This offers yeah. a different type of format for mm. us to all compete in as well. Uh, really, really excited for it. And uh, spending the whole day talking ball, talking strategy, yeah, that's going to be fun. I ever tell you guys, the uh, I started, there used to be every now and then back in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, fantasy football conferences. ESPN did it for a couple of years. So like Matthew Barry used to go and he'd give a speech on some of these and he'd have a Q&A session. Um, very embarrassed to tell the story, but I was <laughs> that asshole that would go to these 
and thought I was like better. So I would like, <laughs> I would, I held him. Like I used to do Q and A. I remember there was an event in Vegas where I didn't, I did not give up. They had to wrestle the microphone away from me. Um, because I, you know, I was quizzing him on coordinators and coaches because, you know, that's what I'm into and stuff like that. And, uh, we, he didn't remember that story cause you know, who the hell am I? But I told him that I'm proud to call him a friend at this point, uh, as well. But that's the, the kind of guy Matt is, is that he took that, the consummate prof- professional, even though when I was a total asshole, but those conferences were a lot of fun. Then those in-person things, I don't think we're ready for an in-person thing yet just because we don't want to demand anybody travel and move around. And so we're still, we're going to do this on zoom and it's going to all be through the internet and you know, the virtual drafts and all that kind of stuff. But I think this is setting up for one day we'll have maybe Vegas or somewhere on New York. We have a large hub of our subscribers somewhere where we'll all get together in person and uh, should be a great time. So I'm pumped up about this. And again, it's if you have the basic package, you can upgrade. Um, that's something else I wanted to address real quick is that, you know, we recognize that costs are going up across the board, unfortunately. So it is It is as well for us, the cost of doing business and between marketing tools and our server space and our data that we pull for all of our new things. And like everything is just costing more. And as much as I'll rant on it, some other future podcasts about bullshit it is. So those the way for us to keep prices down was to section things out. And you'll notice our NFL package, we still have the NFL draft guide, uh, the base package that counts in-season stuff. Then we have elite data the all our nfl stuff which you're gonna love our data hub like this is it's a nice smooth way to sort red zone recency last couple games you know trends a sort by position and everything else and really quick and bring that up it'll have our nfl smash reports included it'll have uh, our, our percentages of slot wide receivers and running backs and everything else included in that package we've got elite plus where all of our podcasts will uh be our 50 fantasy football strategy podcast will be on the elite plus service and our some of our live streams on there as well mike and bob's preview podcast every week will be on so we have a lot of stuff but it we did have to section it out just in order to keep our base price down but we're able to do everything for 99 dollars, which is basically the cost that this training camp is, is for you as well so i think it's a good thing um hope you guys understand we don't want to raise prices last thing we ever want to do we had to go up a little bit but this way you can get whatever you want if you want the off-season stuff the elite plus podcast the training camp event you want the data you know you just want the draft guide and the ranking you know it's all right there for you uh, on the site but real quick let's go around the room favorite thing that either you or we do for our draft guide the preseason type stuff and i'll start with you armando what what's your favorite thing that we do favorite draft guide item um believe it or not i love diving into the office of line uh breakdown uh, article because yes. Uh, it's something that I didn't practice uh, a ton before working here. And, and, man, let me tell you, it really opens up your eyes of how, how important offensive lines uh, are for running backs and for players in general. So I really love that breakdown because it's so in-depth uh, and so informative that it just really sets, I, I think, uh, our site apart from uh, many other sites. 
by the way, I, I'm digging through my papers right now because Armando just hit on a topic that I just did research on. So my offensive line grades are going to be up there on uh, in the LE mm-hmm. data as well. So I'm excited about this. And so I, I, I did, I, you know, I, I was doing a Cleveland Brown team preview the other day. And I'm like, man, it's weird that they have that good of offense. So they were number one on my board. They weren't number one on PFF. They weren't number one in on uh, football outsiders as well. I'm like, it, and so I started thinking like, when's the last time you know, it doesn't feel like good offensive lines lose much. So I just did a quick spin through it. And over the last uh, through 2017, my top five offensive lines each year, 49 and 36, 52, 28, 57, 23. These are the records of the team. 58, 22, 61, 19. That's a 277 wins versus 128 losses. All, and then if you, and then I, I backlogged, I said, all right, well, what about PFF and football outsiders, which we respect their offensive line data very greatly as well. And um, theirs were, oh shit, I don't have it right in front of me. I thought I did, but it, theirs were like 15 games less but still a over a 62% winning percentage in both ways. And I'm thinking if you were to just screw everything and if you just focused your attention on these offensive lines and what really matter, who really can give more time to their quarterbacks, more room mm-hmm. for their runners, more time for these wide receivers, you're going to uncover teams that win football games and winning football teams. You usually not always produce great fantasy points, at least somewhere. And that offensive line stuff is important. I've known it for years, worked on it for years, but now we're starting to really, you know, as we've done this year in, year out, we start realizing the Browns were only, the Browns and Commanders were two of three teams in the last five years that were under 500 that finished in the top five of offensive line for me. It was the Browns, the Commanders, and then the Vikings last year were seven and nine. Every other team is just, it's a who's who of, Really good football teams, and I, I think that's interesting. Anyway, uh, Tyler, favorite thing that we do uh, for the draft guide, or you do for the draft guide, either way. Yeah, you talked about uncovering some things. Uh, I've uncovered some good gems doing my wide receiver cornerback matchup for the entire season. Uh, a lot of legwork goes into that, and by the time we get to week 17, a lot of it is for not like injuries, depth chart changes. Like So many things are going to revolve here, but it really just gives a good – picture and a good overview of what to expect for the year at large last year it pointed us towards cooper cup the year prior it pointed us toward Devonte adams both those guys finished number one wide receiver scores uh in the subsequent years to follow so like i think it's a really really valuable thing uh, i try to add a fantasy spin to the very bottom of it to try to like sift through all of the data and give you the the need to know information but uh really really helpful tool and um something i'm looking forward to writing this year once again I tell you, I don't think there's anybody better at it. I, honestly, for my money, there's not. That's for damn sure. Uh, than yourself, Tyler. It's it's fantastic. Russ, what do you what do you got? What's your fave? Yeah. So one cool addition to this year is we got Mike Sillo, Mike the Beard, to uh, do yeah. 2023 uh, rookie rankings. So me yes. and him did that. Um, that's you know that's stuff I'm kind of looking at all year. So it's fun to actually get content out there if you're you know a college football degen or whatever. Um, and I will say. The Dynasty Discord's pretty fun there, everyone. Come on in, hang out, talk about your Dynasty team. I have a lot of fun in there, especially, you know, during the draft, rookie draft season. That's like um, a fun time for me. So it's nice to, you know, get get a view of all these different drafts and how all, all the rookie drafts are shaking out. So I think hitting up the Discord is fun. You guys got to get in our Discord. That's where... 
everything is like all your real time questions, the reactions, the sort of unfiltered approach to everything. It's very, it's awesome. It's just great to hang out. Um, these three guys here are amazing at being in there. I come in, swoop in, answer some questions and leave. Um, mostly because I'm just, I'm like the parent that comes in and I'm like, nobody ever, everyone <laughs> stops having clean? fun. Everyone's like, oh shit, everyone, nobody's having fun anymore. Uh, Jeff's here. All right, we can be real. Uh, he's going to just going to shit on Cordero Patterson for a half hour, then burn out of here. That's the whole thing. Um, uh, yeah, I love it. You got to get in our discord. My, I always love new things. My old, my standby is the coaching systems. I did a new format this year. Um, not as long winded. I tried to be a little more succinct with my NFL coaching breakdowns. I tried to get into some of the position coaches and assistants more and, uh, and obviously charting it and date and putting the data behind it just to sort of paint that picture for those who are more data oriented than to, you know, talk the X's and O's. So I think I did a better job this year, but I love our new stuff. I love our player outlooks. We did this kind of last year. But these are good. Each one of us took a different position with uh, uh, Russ doing quarterbacks, Armando tight ends. I did running backs and Tyler did receivers. I love that. I love our draft strategy. Uh, Tyler Beaker and Armando put these together. All these new strategies, just if you want to go robust running back or super flex and zero RB, modified zero RB, weight on defense, like all these different types of styles of drafting. I just love it. Really good, straightforward, and uh, I, I think you'll get a lot on that as well. So, uh, yeah, some real fun stuff that we put into this year, and I uh, think you guys will greatly like it. Um, all right, that's – man, we've done a, a lot. I could talk ball with these three gentlemen literally forever, but unfortunately they have lives that they have to get back to and are going to call the police if I keep them any longer. It is the great Armando Marsal. Follow him on Twitter at Armando underscore Marsal on Twitter. Find him in our Discord, fancyguru.com, and, of course, everywhere. There, Tyler Beaker. Remember, at Tyler Beaker, all one word, B-U-E-C-H-E-R on Twitter. And, of course, the great Russell Clay, who always adds his initial in there at Russell J Clay on Twitter. And uh, again, find us all over fancyguru.com. Guys, any, any final words before we go gentle into that good night? Go get your players. Go get yep. your players this year. Don't hesitate. Go it, get your players. It's never too early to draft Mike Evans. <laughs> or Damian yes. Pierce. <laughs> Damian Pierce, Mike Evans. Post nut clarity is a must for me. <laughs> the podcast from now on, Tyler revealed a secret. I've got to. Uh, well, I, I say I honestly say that to our DFS subscribers. I tell them all, go bang one out. Just you guys are so they are so angry. They are so pent up. I go 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 get the old lady. Or go jerk off. Do whatever you have to. Do. Go get it done so that you just because it's relieve that fucking pen up aggression that you have because you guys the dfs guys are way too crazy that late afternoon stretch is a landmines of uh that but by the way i was going to name this episode 2022 fantasy football draft guide but post not clarity post not clarity might have to be it i mean I don't know how I don't. I'll talk to the producers about that. But uh, go follow these guys. I appreciate the three of you, all the hard work you're doing, and uh, and look forward to a great year, guys. Awesome. Likewise. All right.
There we go. Remember, Underdog Fantasy, great sponsor of FantasyGuru.com and the One Man's Opinion Podcast. Get over there. Check it out. Uh, use the promo code ELITE. When you do, you double your initial deposit. Also, they've got the real good tech, that kind of tech that says, hey, this uh, what they call dead money. Jeff Manns is now entering a draft. You may want to go and attack him and beat the snot out of him because it's easy money. If you want to draft against us or other members of the Elite Mafia, boom, use that promo code and boom, they tie you in and alert you to that whole setup. It's a wonderful thing. So check that out at underdogfantasy.com. For the great Armando Marsal, Tyler Beaker, and Russell Clay, this is Jeff Vance. Remember, you may disagree with some or maybe everything you heard on today's show, and it's perfectly all right. Why? Because it was one man's opinion. This time it was four man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Deuces!